Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, before we get started, I have fancy news, and I will put a link in the description of this podcast for you to go find them. But I, as some of you may know, have been drawing for nigh on two decades now, and I have amassed quite the large collection of finished illustrations from drawing for that significant amount of time, so I took some of my more recent favorites, and I turned them into stickers over on Redbubble, and if you have ever saw my stuff and said, like, I would own that, I would put that on a different thing, then you can click the link that will be provided in the description of this podcast, and you can go and get yourself some cool stickers that I happened to design, and Redbubble happened to produce. But, that said, I want to jump into what we'll be talking about today, and oh, and before that, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the episodes lately, I've noticed an uptick, and I love seeing that people like listening to me just ramble about anime on the internet, because I always feel like that's what I'm doing, but thanks for listening to it. Anyway, so what I want to talk about today is we talked about really serious stuff for a long time on the Sunday edition so far, but today I want to have a little bit more fun, but still make it kind of cool and entertaining about the anime industry. And what I want to talk about today is comedy dubs. Now, I'm not talking about things like Helsing Abridged, or Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, or the granddaddy of all Abridged, um, what's it called? Dragon Ball Z Abridged. Although Team Four Star and Little Karibo and all the people who do Abridged series, Gigguk produced a couple of them, um, have contributed to this, if not directly, then definitely indirectly, by providing a font of talent for what we'll be talking about in this. And what we'll be talking about in this episode is what I think of as comedy-first dubs, if that makes any sense. And the best way I can describe this is it's almost as if in some of these shows the dub director gives the cast an overarching script, but he basically says, or they basically says, I never want to assume a he in there, that it, he doesn't, that they don't care how you get to a point, just as long as you get there. And here are the Japanese, here's the Japanese tra- literal translation script, so you see the little translation, and then here's the kind of smoothed out English script. But work within that to make the script funnier for a English-speaking audience. And then there's another kind of dub, comedy dub, which we will get to, I promise. So the first thing, I, first one I want to talk about, actually, is where I kind of got this idea. Not where I got this idea, but where it kind of crystallized for me, and that's a show called Hajimate no Gal, or My First Girlfriend is a Gal. 
And I this is a real this is a real Twitter conversation I had with one of the voice actors from that show. I was watching that show mostly because I like trash sometimes. But I got to one of the next episode previews, and they include some of the jokes that some of the like jokes that happen in that show in some of the previews. And at some point, a side character in that show uses the word cuck. <laughs> and all I thought, and then proceeded to tweet was, I feel really bad for the voice actor <laughs> who has to go into the voice booth and say the word cuck into a microphone for, for money. <laughs> like, I just do. But that show, but like, by using that kind of language and by probably updating that show's like cadence in terms of language, that show was funnier than it could have been. And we'll get to my second example in a second, but long story short, the a different voice actor from that show a different sidekick was like, yeah, I felt bad for him too. But it was really funny to be outside the voice booth and watch him just like say the word cuck into a microphone. <laughs> but there's a delicate balance that you have to play because you can't do this with every show. You can't make every show into this like laugh, right? It just doesn't work. But the thing that the thing that happens with translating anime often is that a lot of Japanese humor is pun-based, which means it's language-based. And once you get into and pun and pun-based specifically because there are is only so, I'm learning Japanese currently, and there's only so much road in Japanese. And a lot of that road is compensated for with context clues, with, with context. So, for example, a perfect pun example is uh, is from Dragon Ball Z. Kame means turtle. The Kamehameha. There's lots of pun jokes. At least two in two, two separate series involving Kame. And, which means turtle. And the, it's hard to translate that stuff. And the worst way to do it, you can, the worst way you can imagine to do it is to, like, in English, explain the joke. Like, have a separate dialogue thing. And then there are some, there are some shows that choose to leave just leave the Japanese in there. And that really just, like, it just pops you out of it, especially when you're watching a dub. And the... It's also not something that subtitling handles particularly well because I, you either put the alternative word in there or you explain the pun or you ignore the pun. And by ignoring the pun, you're telling the audience, you should know this joke. 
this language-based joke because we're not going to stop and explain it for you. And for most people, it will fly completely over their head, even if they're already at the point which they're watching subtitled anime. So shows like Hajime no Gal that take the initiative to say, okay, here are the lip flaps. Here's what we're trying to say. Let's get there. Or let's modify it so we hit the same emotional notes because basically what's happening here is one character is insulting another character verbally. We just need to get there. What's the word we could use? And someone literally is just like, cuck, and it fits. And that kind of improvisational nature has the potential to make things as deeply funny for a American audience as it is for Japanese audience. A perfect example of this is a show from like the early aughts called Desert Punk. And Desert Punk, if you watch it in Japanese, it's still funny. It's not like mile a minute funny, but if you watch it in English, it is fucking hysterical. Hysterical. It is nine different kinds of perverse. It is completely bananas. It, Desert Punk feels like someone was like, how do I handle this weird, dystopic, like, desert gas punk show that we're charged with putting out? And then they sat down... And they watched the water sucks scene from Billy Madison at, from, um, from Waterboy. And for those of you who don't know, the water, you can look that up on YouTube. The water sucks scene from Waterboy is like a seminal genius comedy moment from, um, what's it called? From early Adam Sandler. That like is so deeply funny, and then they turned around and they wrote the just amazing section of desert punk calling this guy's mom a dirty whore and him freaking the fuck out on him, and the the whole show feels like the water sucks sequence. From Billy Madison. It is that funny and that strange. And it it can't and one of the reasons why they were able to do this, and this could sound this is very technical, is that they were able to ignore the lip flaps for a huge amount of that show. And the reason why they were able to do that is because all the character is because most of the character were these insulated suits to protect them from the heat of the desert. Which make which is a great way to save on animation because if you only have to animate a cowl and a circle and a triangle, you're going to get way further on your budget than if you had to like animate someone really running. Now yeah those those um thermal suits have some detail to them, but for the most part a huge amount of that show is spent with your characters in these thermal these thermal insulating suits 
to keep cool in the desert. And so you have this opportunity to to cut loose. Like, as long as the character is on screen and understood to be talking, you can just make them say whatever you want. So you have um, the female, like, femme fatale character. I forget her name. You have her as this, like, almost Fujiko-esque character, but with more bite, and who is also, because everyone in the show is an asshole, an asshole. You have um, Desert Punk's, like, I forget her name. It's like, child assistant who is just the most wise-cracking, weird little girl ever. Uh, you have Rain Spider, who is Rain Spider, and he is bananas. And you can give these characters this personality that is so close to Japanese personality because you're hitting notes that are as comically high as the original voice cast were. And it takes a tremendous amount of skill and talent and, quite frankly, artistry in voice acting to accomplish that and to do it in such a way where it feels funny as shit. And I kind of Hajime no Gal which came kind of desert punk desert punk is what allows you to do something like Hajime no Gal so well but what it really allows you to do is something like Konosuba, because Konosuba has such a great balance of physical comedy and, like, pun-based or verbal comedy that it just, and they do such a good job with the voice cast of making sure that, like, everything fits to where it needs to be, in the lip flaps it needs to be in, but it's still, it's still fucking hilarious. I, I, I'm sure they had a great script, but I'm sure the voice actors were able to read the script with enough time where if they thought they could improvise and get there better than the script had it, then they were allowed to do that because I, that's the only way you get a show that feels as perfectly timed and as funny as something like Konosuba. Now, yes, there are people who can write that stuff, but the improvisation is still necessary in order to be able to have control of the timing to make the jokes that well. And where all this comes from is, I would say, (laughs) two shows, in my mind, stand out as kind of funny comedy dubs that were done giving, giving like, no fucks. Just giving absolutely no fucks. And the first one I want to talk about, because I'm saving kind of the most infamous for last, for last. And if you've been listening, if you've been listening this far, you might have an idea of what that show is. The first one I want to talk about is a little six-episode OVA from 1995. This is a beautifully done. They spent a lot of money on this fucking filth. 
but also infamous. And that show is Golden Boy. And if you've ever... If you've ever seen anything from Golden Boy lately, you've probably seen the Golden Boy swimming gif, where he's just fucking trying to swim and suffocating in the middle. Go look up Golden Boy swimming gif on Google, and you'll find it, and you'll be like, this, that show, okay. And... Granted, they have some, like, really fucked up moments in their dub where, like, it's definitely a 20-year-old trying to sound like a 6-year-old and not pulling it off at all, which kind of just adds to the comedy of it. But (laughs) there are, like, there are JoJo's dub-esque, there are JoJo's line-esque choices made in the Golden Boy dub, that take it over the fucking top. And it, it it's way less, it's probably way less um, improvisational than something like um, Desert Punk or something like what we're about to, what I'm going to talk about next. But it, it's just, it absolutely stands out. It's this amazing feat of like, okay, here's what we're trying to say. Here's what we wrote. Here's the original translation. And the director and the voice actor, pro- voice actors of that show, probably will like, okay, let's sauce it up a bunch. Let's like get it there. Let's just go for it. And you get things like the swimming scene from, Gol- from Golden Boy. That, that's the way you get them. I'm con- fucking convinced of it. And then the last show. The last show is the, is the infamous best, mo- most people cite as the infamous best example of this, of the quote-unquote comedy dub. And that is Ghost Stories. Now, you don't have to have seen Ghost Stories to know about the infamy of Ghost Stories. You just have to have seen the countless YouTube clips. You have to have heard the stories. And Ghost Stories is what happens when you get this, like, the, the story goes, from what I understand with Ghost Stories, is that the studio that got the right to Ghost Stories was given this blank slate of a basic kind of horror-esque show from, like, the early aughts. And it wasn't really all that inspiring. It was just this thing, and they didn't really know what to do with it because they saw it, and they were like, this is not going to sell particularly well. So what they did is they said to the dub director and the dub cat, we don't care what the fuck you do. Have goddamn fun with this. And it just... It ended up as one of the most memeable dubs of all time. Because it is just... The best I could say is if you've seen Desert Punk and you haven't seen Ghost Stories, A, you would probably fucking go bananas for the dub of Ghost Stories. But Desert Punk is voice actors improvising and getting there but getting to a place, getting to some sort of sane 
story end at the end of that show. Ghost Stories just does not give any fucks. It is just... They made one kid just an idiot. Just, like, they made one kid have the mental capacity of a fucking two-year-old when he's, like, six. <laughs> they made... They just, like... The, it's... If you haven't seen ghost, if you haven't seen ghost stories and have no way to go see ghost stories, you can go look it up, look up clips on YouTube, and you can see what I'm talking about. This show is bananas. I, <laughs> I'm bananas in a way that I'm glad it exists because it's so, it's so rare for a studio to. Be, not only not be self-serious, but give so little shit about the performance of a thing that they accidentally create a whole other thing that is... Uh, it's not better than the original thing, thing they were working with. That's irrelevant at the point at which you get to fucking ghost story. <laughs> it is its own thing. It is a fucking comedic art piece it is sheer Dadaism in a way that does not usually get to exist because usually people just don't accidentally like leave a bag of money around and say, do what you like, you gremlins. We'll see you in a month. I, if there is a show that demands that kind of like Dada-esque thing to it, I, I would probably be, from what I've seen, Gintama, but Gintama still has a structure, like it has to make it to a, to an end, I, I, don't get me wrong, things like, um, the one big one I didn't bring up is High School DxD is like a comedy dub. But High School DxD is so into being horny on Maine that it feels less like a comedy dub and it becomes this like weird, self-serious, vaguely creepy thing which gets creepier because of the, um, the voice actor child molestation thing that is now tacked on to the English dub of that. But it... it just, Ghost Stories is so... It's so irreverent. It is so off its rocker that I, I don't think something would unintentionally happen like that again. You would have to get such a throwaway, pointless anime that... And the thing that makes ghost stories work is the thing that... It's the reason it shouldn't work. Because you... You watch something like Cromori High School, and the reason why I didn't bring that one up in this is because Cremorne High School isn't just a comedy dub. All the building blocks of Cremorne High School are fucking there. They clearly wrote that weird-ass humming episode in which, I, and I covered this specifically in my, in, my, um, in my podcast. You can find it in the feed below and whatever you're using to li listen to this right now. But... They intentionally, completely, probably, faithfully, wrote a dub for the humming episode of that show. 
And it is bananas that the comedy in that show is so good that it works no matter what language it's in. And that's how good Cromorty is. Like, it does not need a comedy dub. They dubbed it straight, most likely. And it's still that goddamn funny. Because at the end of the day, uh, you make a show like that, and whoever's watching it is like, okay, we gotta do this fucking straight of the day long, because that's what makes it work. And, and, and that Cromorty has such a volume of jokes in it to begin with, that doesn't matter if, you know, a bunch of puns fall away. There's still the fact that you have a classmate who's just big gay Freddie Mercury. There's still a fact that you have a classmate who has a sentient hair tuff and a classmate who is a tin can robot from the 50s. And that show uh, would have a hard time not being funny. But the thing that makes ghost stories hysterical is there was nothing exceptional about it. It was just this, like, high school horror thing, and they made it into just the most bananas bullshit. And when I started thinking about doing a Sunday edition about comedy dubs, I, I started thinking about, first about the cuck scene in Hajime no Gal, and then... Before I got to um, Desert Punk, which takes its inspiration from Ghost Stories, absolutely, I got to Ghost Stories. I'm like, holy shit, we need to talk about this. Because the kind of... And the reason why I said that that people like Team Four Star and Little Karibo and Giga provide talent pool for this is because what they're doing functionally in the Ghost Stories dub is what... Helsing Abridged is and what, or Helsing Ultimate Abridged is and what Dragon Ball Z Abridged is. It is, we have this many lip flaps, we don't care what the overarching story is, we just do not give a shit. Make people laugh as hard as you can. Make people laugh so hard they pee. Just do it. And uh, that is a case where people are paid good money to make a fool out of that show, but the alternative version is you have those voice actors be able to have that kind of comedic range, so when something like um, Konosuba comes along, it's possible to hire those voice actors and say, okay, pull it back a little... Follow the episode structure and get to this end point by the end of the episode and be funny in that fucking space. Like, know these characters and be funny in the space that they can be funny. And uh, if the, the thing's genius about, like, fan dubs, like um, Helsing Ultimate, like um, Dragon Ball The Abridged, like... Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge, it's like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge, is they get at the core of those characters and those shows from a comedic standpoint that is perfect. I've said before, I said in the, um, I think I said in the Black Lagoon episode I did with 
Flight and Zane um, on their on the MCS Anime Podcast or the Anime MCS Podcast uh, that when you watch Helsing, when you remember Helsing Ultimate, you don't. If you've seen Helsing a Brit, you're almost never remembering the like those shows separately. You're remembering them as one big match. You're remembering the line. I fuck the fear turkey as a line that Alucard says in canon in the real show. It is not, in fact, that thing. He, he did not say that was a 70-inch plasma screen, flat screen TV. <laughs> he did not say those things. But in your brain, because... Team Four Star so perfectly like lines it all up, and it feels like because they're using the show itself to do this thing, it feels so much like it belongs there, like that edgy bullshit asshole humor belongs there, that you don't you don't recognize it as not being real, <laughs> and that's a huge, huge achievement of the best. Um, of the best the bridge series, I like that. The Yugi, the Yugi from the the dark Yugi or the or the Yami Yugi from or just any of the character from maybe with exception of Taya because she sounds like a man being a woman because it is. Um, from the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge show, feels so much like the heightened comedic version of those characters that you as a fan probably watch Yami in the show and you f can hear him saying the line from Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. You could just hear it. And uh, the reason why it's important that those things exist is and keep going is because they bring up improvisational comedic talent that is necessary when you get something like Konosuba that really demands it. Like, it demands that writing style and that control and that level of acting to make something like Konosuba work so well. And on that note... If you like this episode, I have been Alex. I, you've been listening to, and you can find this episode on whatever you're using to listen to me right now. Um, and you can subscribe to this, to um, the podcast. I'm doing a terrible job of this. You are. You can subscribe to the podcast and whatever you're using to listen to me right now. You can review it in that same app. And if you like this episode, I highly recommend you do that. But until Thursday. I've been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, Radio Sunday Edition, and I will talk to you on Thursday.